Welcome. Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no brakes. If you're looking for the same old sports talk, get out. You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far just to come this far, you hear me? I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and highly opinionated. This here show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick? Because you ask great questions, you have the knack, you have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host. The guy's an absolute stud. John Zagul. Hi, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk Chicago. Great to see everybody here with us. A big night and a big guest here with us tonight. It is Randy Mueller, the former NFL GM, 2000 NFL Executive of the Year. We're really looking forward to this one. We'll intro him in just a second. First, make sure you hit up all of our great radio and TV affiliates near the top of your screen. WKAN 105.5 The Ticket, ACTV, City's 92.9 Talk FM. Jed TV and WJOB. This is Sports Talk Chicago. John Zaglou here with you. John Meadows directing and producing. Follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago on social media. So here he is, the 2000 NFL Executive of the Year, the host of the Football GM Podcast and the CEO of MuellerFootball.com. Great friend of this program, Randy Mueller is here with us. Randy, great to see you. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to be back with you again. Happy holidays to you, John. Yeah, great to have you back here with us, Randy. Uh, So much to discuss in terms of the Bears and what's been going on there. What have you made of their season so far? Well, I think it's been a little bit of a tale of two seasons. Obviously, the start wasn't what they wanted. They've kind of leveled the ship. I think Matt Everfus has done a good job of getting the defense back together. Um, I think they have made some progress. They're not where they want to be, but I think it's, for the most part, it's trending in the right direction. So. Uh, I would hope there's some positivity there. There's still some hard decisions to make, as I'm sure we'll talk about. But for the most part, uh, five wins, it's it's uh, it's getting there, right? It is getting there. Here in Chicago, there's a little bit of a different tone, which I know we will discuss. Um, what do you think about Matt Eberflus and his future here in Chicago? We'll start with him, then also discuss the quarterback situation. I actually think he's done a pretty good job, considering that hand he's been dealt. I really think that... I judge coaches on their area of expertise, and I don't think you could make a case against what he's done with the defense. I think they've done a really good job. He's he's rectified through come hell or high water. He's rectified a, a defense that was leaking oil, and I think he's done a pretty good job of that. Um, I think for the most part, you'd have to say the defense is at least uh, – in the top 10, which is, I think they would like to be better than that, but it's still pretty good progress. So I'm okay with where Matt is. I think he's done the job. I don't, you know, obviously he's in charge of the whole operation. So the offense is still lagging a little bit in my opinion, but um, I think Matt, I I would give him a C plus for where we're at right now. Do you think he deserves to be retained beyond this season? I think it's, It's a bigger question than that. I think that all the other elements that are involved have to be considered before that decision is made. You've got to figure out what you're going to do with Justin Fields. You've obviously got to figure out if this offense is something that that we want to do. But I do think he's worked well with Ryan Poles, or at least from 30,000 feet where I'm at. And I think that's a uh, that that's that's not a given in this day and age with the relationships with GMs and head coaches. So I think that has been on the up and up. Hey, he's had to battle through a couple staff changes this year that you wouldn't wish that on anybody. 
So I think it is a job of fixing problems. And I think for the most part, he's fixed what he can control. That's for sure. How do you approach the whole Justin Fields situation? Um, I think it's this. I think we know what Justin Fields is. I think there's enough evidence as to his skill set, as to what he can excel at and what he's still learning and and there's a bit of a a work in progress. I think what you've got to decide really is what kind of offense you want to run going forward. Is this system of RPOs, play action passes, some of the things that he does well, is it good enough to get us where we want to get? That hasn't been proven league-wide. Now, that's not a referendum on Chicago. That's just league-wide. This this RPO stuff is kind of a college-type system other than Philadelphia, who's doing it pretty good. Maybe Indy was headed that direction. They were going to do it pretty good with Richardson until he got hurt. Um, it has not been done to the level of, hey, this is a Super Bowl offense or this is a championship offense. So I think they've got to decide that. Once they decide what the offense is that they would like to run and what their vision is for that, then I think it comes down to an easy decision on does Justin fit that or not. I think he's proved that he can do certain things that will make him valuable to somewhere who does want to run this offense. If it's not Chicago, it'll be somewhere else. What's your evaluation of him as a passer? I think it's um, improved some. I don't think he's there yet. I still see some misses, especially on balls downfield. Um, I see a little bit of a work in progress as far as poise in the pocket. Now, you got to remember, this kid's been shell-shocked for the last two years. I mean, he got killed, as we all know, last year and, and really in a, in a hodgepodge of offense the last two years trying to make it work. So it, it's not like he's been settled and can improve on his trade. He's had to operate by the seat of his pants but there's no question he's not there yet as a passer and that leads me back to what i just said i think my belief and this is just my belief is that that player that quarterback has to eventually be able to beat teams from the pocket that's what wins in the nfl it's pride true forever you've got to be able to make all the throws from a spot in the pocket i can appreciate and respect all the athleticism and everything that he brings if they don't know after three years if he can be that guy, they probably have to restart the clock, and especially if they end up with the first pick, and that makes it a, a somewhat complicated decision, but an easier one in my opinion. I'm assuming that they're going to be okay with these quarterbacks that are coming out. I know I'm okay with a couple of them, kind of making my way through a third or fourth, but uh, I, I think there's there's an answer for them there if they select another option. So how do you reconcile that situation? If you were Brian Poles, would you choose to progress with Justin or draft one of these quarterbacks? Who is the higher upside, according to you? Well, I I think you have to. I've said this from, from probably week five on, John, is I think Justin Fields is, is auditioning for a job somewhere else. I'll be honest with you. I think that's the value now is to get him where he can – produce at a higher level and somebody likes what they see. I think Caleb Williams is too good to pass on. I really do. I think with the addition of being able to reset the salary clock to start over in a rookie contract, which allows you to, as we know, to do some other things and not have to pay a quarterback a a giant number. I think that with the skill set and the production that Caleb Williams has had, 
I think I would have a hard time passing on that regardless. How do you feel about the supposed character issues that come with Caleb Williams? I don't give it a lot of thought. I think people are nickel and dime in the kid. I think he's a good kid. I've done a little bit of research myself. I've talked to some scouts. I've talked to some other people. That part doesn't bother me at all. I don't, I'm not going to make a big deal out of him jumping in his mom's arms after a, a loss that, you know, <laughs> really was the end of his season and probably his collegiate season. So I understand the pressure that these players are under. Hey, it happened. I live in Seattle. It happened to, um, their quarterback, when they when they beat Washington State the last week, this kid put his head in a tent and cried as well, and they won. So these guys are are not only now the face of their team, but they're the face of cities too. So that comes with a lot of pressure. So I don't see the downside in the character stuff with Caleb Williams. I see a guy that's been a one-man band at USC this year especially and has carried the load. I think he can make all the throws. I've watched enough tape where he wows me, I'll be honest with you, John. There's some things he does that I just shake my head, and I really enjoy watching him. So I think he's that good. I just don't think these guys come around every other year where you could pass on a guy of that talent. Now, that's not to say there won't be other options at the end of this evaluative process. I don't happen to be a Drake May guy, so I don't love that. But I know there's a guy at Michigan that's kind of raised his level who if he has a good playoff week, another two weeks against a Nick Saban defense. I'm talking about JJ McCarthy. He might be up in this rarefied air to be option uh, as well, be an, an option as well. Randy Mueller, former NFL GM here with us on sports talk, Chicago, Randy from Orion Pohl's perspective, is he in a position to have to draft a quarterback in order to worry about his job? Um, I don't think he has to. I mean, he's going to have a choice so he can go with Justin Fields or draft one. For me, I, I would probably, if I have the first pick, I would probably select the Caleb Williams route. That seems to be uh, more to my liking. Doesn't mean that I'm right. Doesn't mean that, you know, uh, we can't win with Justin Fields. I don't think he can be influenced by any outside sources. He's got to do what he thinks is right. I don't know, Ryan. I'm not here to say he's a good evaluator, bad evaluator. I don't know that. I think we've got to find out. Because I think some people do evaluate quarterbacks better than others. And that seems to be a, an area where a lot of people struggle with and miss. Um, we'll see. He's got a tough choice. Uh, he's, he's what, this will he'd be entering year three uh, of, of a rebuild. Uh, I think they have shown some progress. But I'm not ready to, uh, to say anything really about his job because I don't think the body of work is expansive enough to be able to say that's what we he's doing a great job or he's doing a bad job i'm going to put him in the middle somewhere right now let me ask you this you mentioned quarterback evaluation what are the keys in evaluating a quarterback you did it for many years across a couple of different teams at the nfl what are the keys to getting it right well i think the first thing is what i mentioned eventually that guy has to be able to beat you from the pocket and in that, again, is really is not my opinion. That's fact, and it's been proven that way. Yep. I think to do that, you have to be able to process information, and it is a garbage-in, garbage-out world for these quarterbacks. they got to take a lot in on a weekly basis, on a game plan basis, on a series, and on a play basis, play-by-play, play, a lot of information. So they have got to be bright kids. And so you've got to have a guy who can process the information and then you've got to have a guy that has accuracy and has some anticipation so that he can throw sooner than later. 
the big jump these college kids have is they're throwing to wide open kids, wide open receivers, wide open targets in college. You don't get those big windows in the pros. So you have to throw people open and you have to anticipate where they're coming. And I think Justin's, you know, trying to find his way there too. Those receivers aren't open. And sometimes it's the receiver not separating. Other times it's the quarterback not anticipating. Sometimes that quarterback's also running for his life. So there's a lot of complications that go into this. And But those are the things that I've used over the years. And they've been pretty tried and true. You've got to be able to make all the throws, obviously. you got to be able to process. you got to have accuracy and you got to have anticipation. Those are the number three through one through four that I would look at for a quarterback. Have you ever faced a situation like Ryan Poles is facing right now as a GM where you have this quarterback, you might have drafted, you might have inherited, it's his third or fourth year, maybe his fifth year option, and then you have the option to draft a top quarterback. Have you ever faced that? And if you did, how did you handle it? Yeah, no, I have not. Um, Again, I think the way to handle it is to your vision, you're going to have a vision of what you be want to be offensively for the long haul. I, I would think the coach and the GM are in it for the long haul, and they've got to decide what they want to do offensively that makes them successful. And sometimes that's determined by the other people around the quarterback as well. But once they do that, they'll know who the best fit is for that. And I think when you have the first pick, you've got to kind of take that into consideration because not only would you have the first pick and let's just say Caleb Williams, you're going to get something if you move Justin Fields. And it might be more than people think, but you're going to get something. You also have another pick, which is your own pick, that might be a top 10 pick. So it's not like the cupboard's bare. Uh, You're going to have a chance to add some other pieces to the team. So I think it's a good position, to be honest with you. I mean, nobody wants to win five or six games, but they're in a pretty good position having Carolina's pick and, and should be credited for the deal they made last year. Do you think Luke Getzey is going to be safe at offensive coordinator? You mentioned the direction the offense goes in. Does he bear any blame for what's been happening this year in Chicago? Well, I think he has to. I think the system means everything, right? And I, I've seen enough to know that it varies depending on week what you're going to see. <laughs> and not only that, the execution is very varies as well. And a lot of that falls on the coordinator. Um, I, I, I think, again, it, it depends on what, Matt and Ryan's vision is for this offense. They've had Luke now for a couple of years. They understand what he wants to do. They also understand what he's doing. And I guess my question is, is this what we want to do or is this what we're forced to do? Because these are things Justin Fields can do. I don't know the answer to that. Let me ask you this. And this has come under scrutiny over the past couple of years, even with the Bears, according to some reports. How much did public perception, if at all, influence your decisions as a GM? It didn't influence at all, I'll be honest with you. Maybe I'm an idiot, but (laughs) at some point, I tune it all out. I got to do what's right for us. And here's the the part that public perception doesn't take into account. They don't really know what you're looking for. They think they might, but they don't know what you're looking for. They don't know that vision. And that goes with any position or any position group in the building. They don't know what we want. So they don't really know what we're trying to do and don't know what we what we want. So I don't think you you can't be disrespectful to others' opinions. I get that. I would like to have opinions, but at some point I'm shutting it off and I'm going to do what we want to do because we have a plan in place that shouldn't be affected uh, as long as we have a consensus as to what we're going to do within our own building. Has there been a time where there hasn't been a consensus and how did you handle that? 
there's been many times when we didn't have consensus. And here's my feeling on that. And I think it's, I think it's benefited me greatly throughout my career. If we're not going to agree, if you see something, John, that on a certain player and I see something a little different, here's my thinking. We're going to go a different way. We're going to pick a route where we both agree on. And that way it kind of, it builds consensus because if I pick somebody you're kind of lukewarm with, or if I think we need to do this and you're not hundred percent, I want you to say so because we're going to find a happy medium that we can both live with and that makes sense. And we do build a consensus. I always said it for years. None of us are smarter than all of us. So we got to work together on all these things. And that's why you have a staff. That's why you have a personnel department. I'm a big consensus guy. I want to build consensus for the most part. And I think that keeps everybody on the same clock of developing players and understanding our vision for what we want. Kind of like the Carolina situation. I'm curious, then, based on that answer, how did you react when all that news came out? With regard to the quarterback being picked or with the uh, Frank Reich being let go? Kind of both of it, because Frank Reich got let go, and then the reports came out saying that there was a bit of a clash in terms of who they wanted uh, at number one, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Well, that's a struggle for me. I, I mean, I, I wasn't the Bryce Young guy like everybody was. I think five foot ten, 180 pounds is problematic. <laughs> Maybe I'm too old school. <laughs> and I, I understand what his skill set was and is, and and his intangibles. I think won a lot of them over. But at the end of the day, he's still five foot ten, 185 pounds, and you're going to have to build a different team around a quarterback of that stature. But I I hear what you're saying in that. What was our goal when the season started? Was it to win games? Or was it to get Bryce Young into year two? Was it to develop him? Because if we're all in on developing him, we're going to lose some games. That's a fact. So I just don't know which lane was picked when the season started and if the losing changed the lane of the owner there. Randy Miller still with us here on Sports Talk Chicago. Randy, a few more questions before we let you go here today. Um, If the Bears do go in a different direction for head coach, what do they need? They tried the offensive route, Matt Nagy. They went back to defense with Matt Eberflus. What do they need to get this hire right, assuming they go down that road? Who's going to be the quarterback? That'd be my first first question. It just, you can't fill that role in a vacuum. You've got to answer it all together and the plan's got to be more inclusive. If we're going to have a a new quarterback, it's going to be a, I would prefer that the head coach have his hands on the quarterback and develop him himself. We've gone, like you said, the defensive route. I want to find a guy who can, one, manage the quarterback, and two, manage the game. And I think that's easily easiest done from an offensive coordinator standpoint. And then, Brandy, what about the hiring process, too? Well, what does that look like as, as a former GM? How do you go about evaluating and hiring your choice at head coach? Well, you've got to set a clear criteria. I don't know what the Bears' criteria would be. I don't know Ryan Poles enough to know how he feels. But that criteria has to be process-oriented. Um, you can't fall in love with sayings or charts or or uh, <laughs> PowerPoints or anything like that during the process. Again, I'm not saying they did or anybody has, but I've been in a few of those interviews that can sway you if you don't have a clear picture as to what you want. Um, I think... There's so many things involved in in finding the right guy, the relationship with the uh, quarterback, the relationship with the GM, um, his vision for building 
a culture of some kind? What are his beliefs in that? I don't think a coach can change culture. I think the culture is controlled by your players. So the kind of players you bring in, you have to be on the same page on that re- with that regard as a team builder in that we want these kind of guys because the culture is going to be there long longer than we are. Kind of like you see the Steelers have until recently, the same culture the whole time through. They have it in Seattle for the most part, the same culture during all Pete's years there. So uh, there's no clear cut way to hire a coach. I think you've got to explore it, but I'm a relationship guy and that's going to really matter. Randy, thank you so much for joining us. So much great insight. We always love having you. Uh, Just great to catch up and uh, looking forward to the next time we chat as well. Thanks, John. Happy holidays. Thank you, Randy. We're going to be right back here on Sports Talk Chicago. So much fair stuff to get to. Stay with us and uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back.